eyes peeled, everyone. Welcome to Full 10 Yards Fantasy Football Podcast. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Full 10 Yards Fantasy Podcast. You are joined by me, your host, David. We've also got in the room Rob and we are joined by special guest Chris Robin. Chris, how are you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me again. It was a pleasant surprise when you reached out about an hour or two ago. You said on short notice, but uh, I found it an ample amount of time for for me to get ready, get my hair and makeup going, and here we are. (laughs) Fantastic. Well, great to have you back, Chris. And Rob, welcome you in. How are you doing? Uh, yeah, really good. Um, the makeup's not really worked, Chris, I'll be honest. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I want to start this this podcast by saying a massive, massive congratulations to James Fotheringham because on Sunday night, Dallas Goddard had a good night. Well done, James. Uh, fair play. Um, no, obviously, uh, if you don't know, he's, he's had the birth of his daughter. So fantastic. Well done, James. But like I said, most importantly, Dallas got it at a fantastic game Sunday. So finally, James has happened. <laughs> yeah, I was um, I was playing James's wife in the the hype train invitational this weekend, and I did, I did feel really I did feel really bad beating her because like I know that she's she's in labour, she's not setting a line up, she's she's got more important things to be doing. Just, yeah, like, you, you feel a bit dirty taking the win out of that one, but yeah. Well, massive... I, hope, I... I hope you yeah. sent her a message. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> uh, yeah, sleep, sleep a message saying, unlucky, but congratulations. <laughs> but, um, yeah. but yeah, no, massive congratulations to the Fotheringham family on the birth of their daughter. So we have another weekend of NFL action under our belts. We have just got the matchup between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Los Angeles Rams tonight. Nearly forgot there. It's a massive game. Well, I say it's a massive game for the 49ers. We are out of the playoff race, undoubtedly. But yeah, another one all but done. And not without injuries. So we will head into them first. And most notably, Joe Burrow, the number one overall pick, the Uh starting quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals since day Mm -hmm. one, has torn his ACL and MCL. And just watching it back, I had a lump in my throat. It was a really difficult one to watch because no matter what football team you support, I think everyone was rooting for Joe Burrow this season yeah. and to, to see that happen, you just, you just praying that he's just twisted his ankle or something along those lines. But then when we, we did get to see the replay and you've got an offensive lineman and a defensive lineman putting all of their weight on his leg, it was just, it was just horrendous to see. Yeah. And yeah. Joe, Joe knew straight away. And obviously Chase Young, who, who did play with him at Ohio state for a little bit was, was in on there and it, it affected him and, the NFL community reached out. We, we saw tweets from, from nearly every prime quarterback in the league to, to wish their prayers for, for Joe Burrow. That's the kind of character that he is. So yep. obviously he's out for the rest of the season now. And with the timeline that they've given, it's, it's going to be touch and go as to whether he can be he can be on the field in the, the start of next it's, year. Like It's one of those that it's such a gnarly injury that it's got kind of like a year 
is a, is a year kind of from start to finish. I mean, he's even if he is good to go week one, it's not going to be 100% right. It's mm. one of those injuries that is just a horrible, horrible thing to happen in the latter stages or the second half of the season, shall we say. Uh, yeah. And uh, I mean, you see it every year and you always see uh, it was Cooper Cup a couple of years ago did, did the very similar thing with his knee. Um, he did make it back and, and was shaky for a first couple of weeks, but then, then went in. But obviously players like Carson Wentz, um, you know, have had similar injuries and this and it's even now you look at Carson Wentz and he's not he's not his old self I don't believe um massive injury so yeah um T's and P's with with, with Big Joe and uh, and yeah hopefully he'll be back next year and and continue in his form it's uh, it's a bad break not literally but you know yeah, and the, there was points where people were saying, I hope this is just an ACL tear. I hope this is just the ACL has gone clean and nothing else. Mm. But unfortunately, that, that wasn't the case. There's nah. the, there's other complications with it. So yeah, like you say, our thoughts with Joe Burrow and his family and the, the Cincinnati Bengals organization, a tough break for them. But Teddy B, what was going on there? So obviously he suffered his his knee injury last weekend. He was named activated. So I was watching Good Morning Football. We had Ian Rappaport on the on the program saying how Teddy B was good to go and to, to put him into your fantasy lineups, etc. But at the same time, tweets were coming through from from Adam Schefter to say that he'd been deactivated again. So uh, Chris, obviously you would have had a keen interest on this game. What, what what's gone on there with with Teddy Bridgewater? Well, here's the thing for, for, for DFS purposes, like that's where my heart is always at DFS purposes. Uh, I mentioned uh, PJ Walker in bottom of the barrel, kind of as a bonus, just in case. And, and you're right. Teddy B was, was active. And then literally uh, I, I just noticed about five minutes prior to the game that he was out and PJ Walker was in and uh, he, it, it happens all the time. The Detroit lions make, really any quarterback possible look like a, a Super Bowl MVP type of quarterback. So PJ Walker came in from the XFL and he did okay. I believe he had a touchdown uh, and went from there. So the Panthers, you know, got the job done against the hapless Detroit Lions team. Are, 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 am I looking to add PJ Walker in let's say seasonal formats or dynasty formats? Absolutely not. But that's the beauty of DFS sports daily. You one day you play him and then you're not married to him and you move on. So uh, uh, props to uh, PJ Walker for stepping in last minute and uh, getting the job done for Carolina. Shame to say that I did actually play PJ Walker in a, uh, in a matchup this weekend. <laughs> so we, we spoke on the podcast on Friday about my dire uh, quarterback situation in the, uh, in the auction league. And um, as soon as the PJ Walker news was announced, I was straight on about quarter to five um British time, I submitted my waiver request. Waivers cleared at, at 5 p.m. Straight into the lineup, ready for a 6 o'clock kickoff. So, That's right, You because you, we almost did a trade. Well, I say we almost did a trade. Um, and, and funnily enough, I had Teddy Bridgewater in another uh, Dynasty League, and I then picked uh, Luton up and played Luton instead of Bridgewater, who was also, I was trying to trade you, Jake Luton, for, yeah. <laughs> your, for your callback. So I absolutely whiffed hard this week on, on Jake Luton. Well, yeah, a uh, bit of a spoiler alert for my uh, bust later, shall we oh, say. Oh, uh, No, but... well, no, I, I led you into it. But uh, yeah, Teddy Bridgewater, that suggested to me that the fact that he was cleared to play means that he's going to be he's going to be full steam ahead for the rest of the season. There's, there's nothing yeah, too probably. serious there. It's It was just yeah. a precautionary thing more than anything. 
Another player who has suffered a season-ending knee injury, that's this seems to be the flavour of the month at the moment, is Rex Burkhead. So the, the Patriots running back, suspected torn ACL, which obviously mean similar boat to Joe Burrow, he would be done for the year and eating into preseason next year with the potential of missing the start. Yeah. The Texans wide receiver room, uh, Randall Cobb, who's got a touchdown early in the game, suffered a toe injury, which is thought to be, quote, significant. So... Um, not too sure what that means, but obviously we've, we've seen players like Jordan Reed in the past. He's he's had one of those toe injuries that's just bothered him and bothered him and bothered him. And when you're trying to cut, you, it's underappreciated just how important your your toes are in in the, in the cutting process. So um, so Randall Cobb is one to keep an eye on. But Kenny Stills also left the game early with a leg injury, and oh. in that one. Uh, Lamichael P Ryan, another player who scored a touchdown early on, left the game with a knee injury, and today. The Ravens facility has been shut down because Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins have both tested positive for COVID. So they've begun the contact tracing process. Uh, both of those running backs, well, J.K. Dobbins finally had his, his breakout game of the season uh, th- this week, the, the one that we all anticipated and everyone was gearing up to, to go mad on the waivers if he was still available for, for, the, for the season ending. And, and then this goes and happens. So, yeah, one to watch out for now because of the the isolation periods and all that kind of stuff. It'll be a real interesting one to watch with Baltimore's game headed into next weekend. But that is the injuries out of the way. So let's head into the MVPs. And Chris, as the guest of the show, who was your fantasy MVP of week 11? Absolutely. And before I get into it, I just want to double check. Nobody has Cole Beasley uh, on their show (laughs) prep for today. Don't want to. Don't want to go back down that road again. So <laughs> if no one has Cole Beasley, I'm safe to, uh, to, go, to go ahead from here. And for me, it couldn't be any more clear. It's the rookie in L.A., Justin Herbert. Wow, what a stud this kid is. And, and unfortunately for Joe Burrow, you know, you don't, I don't wish any ill will on anybody. You don't want to see anybody hurt. But it, now it seems like Herbert is, without a doubt, the clear-cut uh, offensive rookie player of the year. And if you look at what he did yesterday, I believe he, uh, Herbert had 277 yards before halftime, which was a rookie quarterback record for passing yards. He went on to throw uh, 37 completions out of 49 uh, total passes, 366 yards. He had three touchdowns, zero interceptions. I mean, this kid is just absolutely a, a rookie dynamo here and just when you know you think there it's gonna there's gonna be like a a rookie wall or he's you know he's gonna cool off somehow he does this to show us you know arguably one of the best uh quarterbacks rookie quarterbacks i've seen come along in uh, a long time and that's saying something having played since i was a, a boy a little child here so uh justin herbert is my mvp this week and now it's seven straight games with multi-touchdown mm-hmm. games yeah, unprecedented for the position, and the Chargers have, have really landed on the gem there. They yeah. did lost so many; they've lost seven games this season, but all have been by one score games. And for me, that is a recipe that you're so close to getting there, and you're just a couple of pieces away. And it's it's almost a blessing in disguise for her, but those seven losses because it means a draft pick, it means a stud uh-huh. in the draft this year. They don't need to invest that in a quarterback. They don't need to invest that in they've got they've got the receiving talent they've, they've, they've got the running back there so they can really invest that in positions now that are going to help them succeed and with defensive injuries players that are going to come back we've got Derwin James as, as the key example of that who's somebody going to be come back from injury it's 
watch out for the Chargers. Like the, the team. Re- Sorry, go on. Well, realistically, you know, like a kid like Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, you know, co- high school and college has been all sunshine and rainbows. They they don't lose in multiple seasons. I, you know, Herbert or Burrow, they haven't probably lost since middle school. And they come to the NFL, and in turn, it's not all sunshine and rainbows. And Herbert having lost seven games now, just like Herbert, losing in these close games, it builds character. So Herbert yeah. is, you know uh, – on the fast track to becoming a superstar quarterback in this league. And it, it would be great to watch the two of them. And obviously when Joe Burrow gets back, it'll be one of those battles. And we've, we've, we've had it build to us in the past. We've had Winston and Mariota. We've had Wentz and Goff about these quarterbacks that come in pairs that are going to be able yeah. to battle, battle, battle. And they've never quite lived up to the expectation in recent years. So hopefully with, with Herbert and Burrow as well, I think they're, they're set apart from, from even even Tua, who of course got benched this week for for Ryan Fitzpatrick mm-hmm. in in the game there, which that's that's how demoralizing not, is that for a rookie? Yeah, rookie? I, I was just going to say that it's not good for the kid's confidence. You know, he he wasn't named the starter right out of the gate. We all know the story. I'm not going to repeat it, but you know, he uh, started three straight games, won all three games, and then they bench him for Ryan Fitzpatrick. And then the head coach comes out yesterday evening and says, "Well." Uh, Tua is still my quarterback. Well, that's not a good look on the on the coaching staff's part, you know, to take the kid out. You know, what if you know in, in that situation? I believe he, he hadn't thrown any interceptions at the time. I just I think he was sacked like five or six times in making some ill-advised you know decisions instead of throwing it away or or just falling down. You know, he he took a sack and he put put his team behind the eight ball. You got those are the mo- those are teachable moments where you let this kid learn and grow from that. No, no growth comes from you know take a seat, kid. We're bringing in mm-hmm. the old uh, crafty veteran here, so uh, not a good move, not a good look on the uh, the part of the Dallas or excuse me, Dolphins head coaching staff. It was it was almost as if Adam Gaze was back in Dolphin land for a while, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But Brian Flores, he's he's done so well this season, in my opinion, from a coaching perspective. Yeah. Like he's coached yeah. them so much better than their record is so much better than than the, the team is like that. The mm-hmm. defense, especially. the record's still good as well. Exactly, and then yeah. like you say, for him to, to let everything down with with that mm. kind of a moving statement is a really yeah. weird one there in in Miami. And mm. you've got to think that if if Tua wasn't quite ready to go in, then you leave it a couple of weeks. You let Fitzpatrick play on, but um, to them to them mm-hmm. pull him out is a really, really weird one there. But yeah, Justin Herbert cracking shot. Rob, take it away. Mm, I'm going to go for the tight end one on the week. No, not Travis Kelsey. I'm talking, of course, Taysom Hill. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There was a lot of questions and lots of speculation uh, this time, or not even this time last week, uh, at the end of last week, uh, whether Taysom Hill was going to be the quarterback for the whole game. We wasn't sure. I even said on the podcast, I think it was going oh. to be Winston coming in after the first drive or two. Um, but no, he, he he saw it out and and had a cracking cracking game. Um, had 233 passing yards. Still still didn't throw the, the passing touchdown. Um, somehow uh, he's still without that in the NFL. Um, but 51 yards on the ground and two rushing touchdowns saw him with around about 25 fantasy points on the day. Uh, So yeah, if you were lucky enough to be in an ESPN league and picked him up as a tight end, you were thoroughly rewarded. Um, And I do believe that that was you, David. (laughs) And I do believe, um, did James say it was flea flicker where he was down as a wide receiver. So you were, you were rewarded there as well. Um, So yeah, 
play the game. If he was there and, and you took full use of it, then well played. Um, if not, if you started him as a quarterback, you still won your matchup, I should think. So, uh, so yeah. yeah, well played, Taysom Hill. Um, a bit of an obvious one because, you know, uh, of, of what happened. But, yeah, um, I didn't see it coming. So, so yeah, good for him. And I'm glad you've said that, Rob, because that is something that has divided Twitter all week as to the mm-hmm. morals, as to whether you should play Taysom Hill in the tight end spot if you've got him, if, if you're in an ESPN league. And he has been a t- he's been listed as a tight end all season on the ESPN yep. platform. This was yep. always a possibility. This could have always happened. You're not yep. cheating the system. It's, nope. it's there. And you play the game. If you, play, if, if you don't set the it. rules, you play the game. Yeah, exactly. For, for savvy, you know, veteran or savvy uh, fantasy football players, you know, finding a little gem like that, it, it's part of the, it's part of the game. Mm-hmm. You know, they always say with, with all sports or, or video games or even board games, whatever, it's the game within the game. So if you were uh, savvy enough, as I've said, to pluck him off the waiver wire, uh, I'm following the rules. If he's listed yeah. at a tight end, I'm going to put him at tight end, right? So it's kind of like a divide between, real life football and fantasy football uh, undoubtedly ESPN will change his, his uh, uh, player positionality or however you say it, you know, shortly here, but uh, we, we snuck over on some people yesterday in week 11 and I don't feel bad about it one way or another. The, the only person who has cheated in this scenario is the guy who sorts out ESPN fantasy. And I'm just assuming that's Matthew Berry. He's the, cause he's a cheat anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> he, he drafted him and he put him at tight end exactly yeah, you know what Mary's like yeah. <laughs> wonderful stuff Taysom Hill yeah have a day you proved you proved a lot of people wrong this weekend and me me being one of them I was convinced James, James was going to be there after yeah. one. it didn't start too well it did, looking at the game it wasn't the greatest start to Taysom Hill but it ended very well so how worried that- are you about Kamara's usage in the passing game uh, one target not, just I'm not worried long term at all um, how many weeks is Drew Brees missing here well he's on IR so it's, it's at least two more minimum of three yeah um, he's I'm not, not going to be back until the play, the playoffs sorry to cut you off you know how many he had, he had 37 broken ribs I didn't even know the human body <laughs> had that many uh, yeah, ribs to, be, to begin with right yeah and uh, let, let's uh, face it I believe this time last week you know, um, Dave, you mentioned that maybe uh, if if he sits right because they're well on their way to a playoff spot, and if they if they're if they get the first overall seed, it's one team. But if they fall down to the fifth seed, they would play the the divisional winner of the NFC East. You know, all these three and seven teams here. So I could see a case where even wild card weekend. You know, uh, New Orleans is in the playoffs. They're fight. They're facing the Giants or Dallas or Washington here. And the, you know what? Let's Taysom Hill. You got it. We have a combo here of Winston and, and Taysom Hill at that time. So uh, I don't think we see Drew Brees until, you know, the divisional round if the playoffs, if New Orleans is uh, lucky enough to make it that far. Here's, here's something for you, for you David. Uh, Alvin Kamara currently leads running back in, in receiving yards with 648. Can you name me the, the next player and roughly what his yardage is? I have a couple of guesses, but I will. Uh, I'll let go Dave go first. Yeah, no, you you go, Chris. While I uh, while I have a think. 
Well, I have – there's three guys. I have a short list. I'm going to say it's something silly like J.D. McKissick. Uh, Number Washington one, you've got football it. Team. You've got it, buddy. Straight there off the is. bat, fair play. Whether you had that in front of you, I don't know, but that's a good I shot. Did, I've been looking at you the whole time. I, just, <laughs> I, I love J.D. McKissick. Yeah. I traded for him three weeks ago, uh, 15 targets in week 10 against the Lions, and then I, I believe he had you know nine or 10 plus again this week. Uh, he's a, he's a, a very nice – waiver wire addition that can help mm-hmm. win you uh some matchups leading up to the playoffs how many yards has he got yeah he's not got any receiving he's not got any receiving touchdowns but he's got 317 receiving yards third place uh-huh. mike davis is 305 fourth place chase edmonds 297 and fifth place my boy naheem with 296 and four touchdowns Sorry, did you you say Kamara had six hundred and forty? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not Kamara close. had six hundred and forty-eight, and the next best is JD McKissick with three hundred and seventeen. That's wow. three hundred and give or take twenty more than the next person. He has got more. He, he's got more than double uh, rank number two. <laughs> mm. Crazy! That's, that's incredible. That and you've got players crazy. like Zeke Elliott, who you'd expect to be up there. He's down in like 10th and uh, looking even further down the list here. Like Josh Jacobs is 23rd. Uh, Christian McCaffrey's obviously not played. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of big names that aren't even close to, to breaking that top 10, um, which is weird. It's been a weird year. Weird year. 2020 oh, is a weird year. It has indeed. Off so- the charts. We, we finish out the, the segment with mine, and I am going for Deontay Johnson, the second-year wideout out of Toledo yep. in Pittsburgh. And when this guy's healthy, he's fantastic. So weeks 9 through 11, he is the wide receiver 3. He was the wide receiver 6 on this week with, with 23 PPR points. 16 targets. That is a 33% target share. And like Big Ben threw the ball a lot of times. Big Ben threw the ball 45 times. Completely unnecessary because they were well up against the Jags. It wasn't even a contest. Like James Conner, his fantasy managers are there like, do you hate us Do you hate us that much, Steelers? But um, yeah, Big Ben still threw the ball 45 times. But 33% of those targets, 16, went to Deontay Johnson. And he had 12 receptions out of that and 111 receiving yards. So even though we didn't get a touchdown, um, those 12 receptions really bumped up his his PPR score there. And like I say, weeks 9 through 11, he is the wide receiver three. And he's had a couple of injuries. He's had a a back injury and I think it was a concussion as well earlier on in the season. Um, But he he does get double-digit targets. He's had double-digit targets in each of the last three weeks. And... I just really, really like the guy. We, we talked about the, the Pittsburgh receiving options quite a bit earlier in the season. And I think the problem that Deontay Johnson's got is Chase Claypool, the rookie, is coming in and he's completely overshadowing him because he's the one that, that's got 10 touchdowns through 10 games. He's the one that's, that's setting all these rookie records. Whereas Deontay Johnson isn't quite getting the, the touchdowns, but he's, he's the guy that is is putting up the yardage, getting the receptions and, and sneakily getting those fantasy points in there as well. So I'm not even convinced that Deontay Johnson's owned everywhere in fantasy league. So if he, if he isn't 100% go out and get him. And uh, if he is, then, um, then he's a potential trade candidate because he's not underappreciated, but Chase Claypool overshadows him in that offense, which is uh, great for, for fantasy and, and DFS and stuff, like you say there, Chris. Any thoughts Maybe. on uh, the, the Pittsburgh offense or, or Deontay Johnson? 
Yeah, absolutely. Maybe I should have, uh, instead of fooling around at the beginning of the broadcast and mentioned Cole Beasley, maybe I should have mentioned Deontay Johnson because I had about four, four notes written for him for my <laughs> honorable mention. But uh, the, the consummate broadcasting professional I am, I can make changes on the fly here. And the kid has been fantastic. As you said, he's averaging 11.1 or two targets a game, six, almost seven receptions a game. Uh, the kid is fantastic. And the, the outlook for Pittsburgh in terms of their wide receivers are uh, they're, they're very bright here. Now, I would imagine uh, it'd be time for them to really take a hard, long look at getting a, a younger quarterback, drafting a younger quarterback or maybe adding a guy, you know, in the offseason. Big Ben isn't getting any younger and he's still a, a good, sustainable real life quarterback and for fantasy purposes here, but uh, he's, he's not going to be able to grow uh, with these kids much longer. They're in their early twenties. I believe he's in his mid to late thirties here. So uh, I think it would be wise of Pittsburgh to look at uh, grabbing a younger quarterback here shortly. They, they tried though, obviously we've seen Mason Rudolph, Devlin Duck Hodges who were touted to be the replacements and just neither have, have stepped no. up and mm-hmm. what, what do Pittsburgh do? Because they, they're going to have a consistently uh, low, well high, whichever way you want to look at it in the 20s yeah. draft pick each year that, that Big Ben keeps on taking them on, on, on these playoff runs. But do you hope that you find your, your Tom Brady, your Dak Prescott, the, the, the later rounds um, the studs or do you do something drastic to, to trade up to get there? In my eyes, I think, you know, a later first round pick is kind of perfect for their situation. Even, you know, a middle of a second round pick here. Personally, I'm not the GM of the Pittsburgh Steelers, obviously, but I think it would be fantastic for them to find a young, quick kid who's getting you uh, rushing stats at the same time. Can you imagine a, an offense, a Pittsburgh offense, with a with a young quarterback who can make you know plays happen and develop while he's running and scrambling around? You give Deontay Johnson or Claypool, uh, you know, just a second or two longer to move around and get open. It would be very deadly. Uh, the Pittsburgh offense would be very deadly with that kind of quarterback. Yeah, it would indeed. And, and so, an offense to make Juju Smith-Schuster as irrelevant as he seemingly has been in, in large portions mm-hmm. of the season. He's had good games, but uh, this weekend just gone was a prime example of, of where he isn't so effective. But to, to make him, it must be a good offense around him. It's quite it's quite a good year. This year and next year, obviously, I'm doing a lot of college research at the moment um, from being on the college pod, and, and that's what we're focusing on this year. We're focusing on scouting this offseason. So looking into college players coming through the quarterback classes the next two years are pretty deep they're pretty good there's gonna be some interesting players come through um and draftable as well i'm not talking court there's going to be three or four quarterbacks going the first round this year um but also the second and third round there's some good quality players going to be available this is where the teams like pittsburgh teams like new orleans are going to get their next quarterback because over the next two years, like I said, there's a whole bunch of really good quarterbacks coming out. Um, I've seen a load of mock drafts. I've seen that Pittsburgh have been uh, potentially getting Trey Lance, who's a, a young uh, rushing quarterback from the same school that uh, Carson Wentz is out of in North Dakota. They're a small school. They're in, they're in the second tier of, of, of college football. Um, but he's, a, he's that sort of rushing quarterback. And that's the kind of 
the way that I think, like like Chris just said, they, they might go down is to change it up completely and go for this new look NFL offense because it's trendy, because Lamar Jackson did it and succeeded, because Mahomes is doing it, succeeded. It's the new trendy in the NFL. And there's a lot of those guys that are now coming through because it's coming through college. And you've got players like Desmond Ridder, who's a, a quarterback doing unbelievable stuff for Cincinnati this year in college football. He's the next brand of NFL quarterback and they're going to be available in the second, third, fourth round. So definitely for Pittsburgh and for, for I mean, we saw what happened with Green Bay this year. They, they, they took Jordan Love, right? Um, he's that kind of guy as well. Well, he, he, he's, a, he's a, not a bad quarterback and he's the kind of guy that's going to come through, watch Aaron Rodgers for two years, then come in and, yeah. and, and change that offense. I'm not saying he's awful. Just the the position that you drafted him is awful. Oh, sure. At that yeah. Green Bay team, but terrible Green draft Bay pick is, for them. Definitely. Yeah, Green Bay is just an enigma, right? Yeah, they 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 basically blow their first round pick, and they're going to wind up winning the NFC North. I mean, and the, the second and the third. Like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But okay, Green Bay was a bad example, but. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it, the point is there's good, there's some really good quarterbacks coming through. Um, they are all in this ilk of the new NFL quarterback. And it's going to be very, very exciting in four or five years time. The NFL is going to be, is going to be very, very exciting when it comes to these young quarterbacks coming through. Cause they're really, really good. Yeah. Personally, uh, I have uh, Pittsburgh making it to the AFC championship game, maybe even playing in the Super Bowl. So I- I'm projecting them to pick, you know, 30th or 31st overall, a great mm-hmm. selection to me right there is Florida's quarterback, uh, Kyle, Kyle Trask, Trask. Yep. In, in that spot here. And a, a, my, a second opinion here, I know we're kind of off on a little tangent here, but uh, with Claypool and Deontay Johnson being there, I don't think they they look to sign Juju uh, Smith-Schuster there. They're going to let mm-hmm. him walk. The amount of money the kid is going to command, and they already have two, two very well-developed kids to begin with. So I don't think uh, Schuster uh, is there next season. But again, who knows? What if they go mm-hmm. out and they draft, you know, Trey Lance or Kyle Trask and they want to make it work with Juju, the, whatever young rookie QB you have, you have three stone cold studs uh, as mm-hmm. receivers there. So, so much up in the air. It's only Thanksgiving. <laughs> I, I just want to show that I have a little bit of college knowledge to say that Trask is the uh, current Heisman front front leader. So, um... uh, And I actually tipped him preseason at 66 to one to win the Heisman. No. So I oh, really wow. listened to the college fantasy football, uh, to the college football podcast. Yeah. I, I, I only know that because I just happened to catch uh, five, 10 minutes of Florida <laughs> on, on Saturday and they were talking about it on the comms, but there we go. I, I, He's, I really know, He's really good. He's really good. I know good. something He's... about college. I just going to say, do you guys have a full 10 yards college? Uh, yeah. 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 Or page? Okay. We'll yeah. Go we've check got that out. Yeah. It's uh, at, full 10 yards cfb on twitter a uh, little CFB. shameless plug here uh we've got a weekly podcast and like i said we're diving into the scouting stuff this year so sorry to uh, pl- plug in the other the other full <laughs> 10 yards stuff but yes we have it's it's really good as well so chris who is your honorable mention for the week well uh as as we said <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> uh moments ago uh it was going to be uh Deontay Johnson, but I love the idea of, I'll touch on two, two people, actually three people real quick. One's a combo, the Minnesota Vikings combo of Justin Jefferson uh, and Adam Thielen here. And what Adam Thielen's doing, it, it's not very sustainable, but he's, but he's still doing it. And the rookie Justin Jefferson is, you know, absolutely on fire in terms of overall rookie 
uh, wide receiver. So those two in passing. And then when I got to it, uh, I have to say honorable mention is Darren Waller, uh, Vegas's tight end. Uh, he's absolutely fantastic. And it just, unfortunately, they got caught in a game against Patrick Mahomes and uh, Kansas City Chiefs. They look to have won the game, but they gave Patrick Mahomes too much time, you know, on the clock here to take the game. But, you know, he's had 50 more yards uh, in every game since week four. Those targets are turning into points. And Sunday he caught seven passes for 88 yards and a touchdown. It's just shocking when you watch, you know, his touchdown reception, how wide open he was. And he didn't even, if, again, sorry to keep saying this, but if you look at it, he was, he was lined up where a tight end is lined up. He took up, nobody touched him, released, and then he dragged across the middle. And I don't know if it was a blown coverage for, for the Chiefs, but, you know, you're inside the five-yard line. You're not supposed to, you know, uh, forget about, you know, a, a Pro Bowl, probably an all-pro tight end and Darren Waller here. So, Darren Waller, you are my honorable mention, sir. Yeah, he's – Obviously, it's the character issues that have, have stunted his his early time in the NFL, but all credit to him. He, is, he has worked on himself. He has worked hard to, to get himself into the place that he is now. And we, we can start putting him in that conversation, in, certainly in those top five tight ends, and you've got your Kelseys and your Kittles. And I think it's a little less clear-cut as to, to who is the tight end three in the league after that. Obviously, Zach Ertz has held that position for... For, for multiple years now, but it's the passing of the guard has happened over to to Dallas Goddard. Uh, Blake Jarwin was clearly the, the wide uh, tight end three in the league for, for the first week of the year, obviously until he he injures, got injured. But um, yeah, D Darren Waller certainly is in that conversation as, as being the, the third best tight end in this league right now. And and Vegas, they, they pushed Kansas City again last night. Obviously, they beat them a little bit earlier on in the season. And it was so strange to watch uh, last night, the, the commentary team saying that if, if Vegas win here, they've, they've got the, the double over Kansas. So that they've got the, the favourites for the for the league and stuff like that. So it's they're close. They are really, really close. And it's, it's a surprise team because they've, they've come out of nowhere almost and... To yeah. be in a conversation to be challenging the Chiefs for the division is is pretty wild, really. But yeah, Waller is a, a centerpiece of that offense. Rob, who've you got? Uh, a couple of uh, cheeky mentions. One, I'm just going to say, Keenan Allen uh, has you know screwed That's the haters. Uh, he, he's just been brilliant. He's just a PPR machine as always. Uh, I'm so glad that I, I was pretty high on him coming into the season because he's just answered and he's just there week in week out, just gobbling up targets i mean what is it 16 receptions this week 16 receptions 132 yards 145 yards yeah. yeah and a touchdown so i was looking at my i was looking at my next um honorable mention uh yeah so fantastic to him and uh one more um the out and out wide receiver one uh we all knew for the patriots demir bird <laughs> oh god that's the first touchdown cam newton has thrown to a wide receiver this unbelievable time. Can you believe that? It's crazy, isn't it? Uh, so, yeah, Damir Bird, uh, well done. 23 or 24 fantasy points, uh, six receptions, 132 yards. Take a bow. Indeed, indeed. And we look at mine, and it is another tight end, and I am going to go to Mark Andrews. And, if yeah, we, we drafted him as the player that, that scored this amount of fantasy points this weekend, but... 
He still hasn't quite delivered for us in the last few weeks. It is the his first touchdown grab since week five, his most fantasy points since week four. And and Mark Andrews, seven targets, five receptions, 96 yards and a touch for, for 20.6 PPR points. This is the Mark Andrews that we drafted. This is the Mark Andrews that is going to be in your lineup, is going to be a matchup winner that is competing with, with Travis Kelsey for for the number one spot and for fantasy purposes of a weekly basis. And Greg Roman, it's so difficult to watch that Baltimore offense at the moment because Greg, Greg Roman's just not a great OC. Let's, let's, let's nope. call a spade a spade. The talent that he's got there specifically mm. in, in Lamar Jackson and Hollywood Brown has just completely fallen off the, the radar. He's not even beginning with a chance to succeed in this league at the moment. Just throw, run the ball, throw it to Mark Andrews, throw it to Marquise. That's like, uh, but Lamar Jackson threw Marquise Brown at dime right in the breadbasket and he's dropped it. It's like, Mm. you know, I, I, my best mate is a massive Baltimore fan and he is done with Hollywood Brown, absolutely done with Hollywood Brown. Uh, and he's done with Greg Roman. He's like, get the OC out. Let's get let's get someone else in. And I think he's right. I really do. And you, so you touched on it. Um, that is definitely their weak point right now. Yeah, and this is this is a, a team that brands itself on being defensive and, and stopping mm. that run a big mean. And when you've got Derek Henry coming into town and Derek Henry runs for what was it, 135 yards on them in the end, you, you're gonna expect that from, from Derek Henry coming in, but you've got to have a plan to counter it. You've got to be able to to offensively mm. to beat that, but um, but seemingly not. And Mark Andrews, it was it was great to see him back. He's yep. he's got a difficult matchup next week against Pittsburgh, but then lovely matchups against Dallas, Cleveland, and Jacksonville in that playoff run-in and the playoffs as well. So hope is not lost for Mark Andrews. I am still still buying in on him. And he is a tight end three on the year. I think that says more about the, the tight ends as yeah. general than uh, I, I mean Taste <laughs> Taysom Hill is like a tight end eleven <laughs> on the year now, surely. <laughs> but yeah, certainly when I was doing my um stat projections at the start of the year, I, I said Mark Andrews would be a, a top top five, top seven tight end, but I, d- I didn't quite expect that he'd uh, he'd get it like this. It's been a, a really weird market out there. And when you've got Robert Tunyon as, as your tight end six currently, and George Kittle's still tight end eight, like that, that says more than the Mark Andrews doing well. But Mark Andrews, you are my honourable mention for the week. Chris, who was your biggest bust? Well, this one, uh, it, you know, you say there's a clear-cut winner. There's two two things that are tied here and it couldn't be any more clear the Detroit lions as a whole, the coaching (laughs) staff, the organization, the teams and the players, what a bust uh, they were uh, yesterday playing uh, a a team in Carolina who uh, we thought it wasn't really that good, but that's what happens. You know, Detroit lions, they were just set up too sweet. They could have won yesterday, gone to 500, then a short turnaround, you know, got into the, the plus win column, uh, on Thursday here in Thanksgiving, which is a massive holiday uh, for, for people in Michigan and the Detroit area, uh, which I'm in here. And they completely laid an egg, literally and figuratively laid an egg, 0.0 bagel, however you want to put it. But uh, that, that's, from, that's from deep inside. But the, the bust I have, you know, on paper, it, it's Philadelphia's quarterback, Carson Wentz. Man, has he looked awful. He's looked bad. He's made some very ill-advised throws. Uh, decisions. Uh, Did you guys know that Carson Wentz has been sacked 
a whopping 40 times so far this season. To me, I, I find it shocking that he's able to stand on his own two legs week in and week out, uh, getting sacked that much. He threw a, a, a pick six, which was, I, I have no words. So I'll just stutter through it because it was that bad. You know, the, the linebacker had his back turned and Carson Wentz hit him right on the numbers when the linebacker turned around, took it to the house here. Uh, 60% completion rate. He went 25 for 35, 235 yards, threw another two interceptions in this one. He, he got sacked five more times, uh, totaling 20 yards uh, in losses on those sacks here. So uh, he's, he's just not good. And so in turn, you know, what do we do with Carson Wentz at quarterback? I mean, I'd like to think in a super flex format or even a standard league, uh, you got to start looking for, for a, a, another replacement for Carson Wentz. I just don't want him in my lineup and, you know, uh, interceptions, fumbles, sacks, taking all that. He's hurting your fantasy team and he's hurting Philadelphia Eagles. They're real fan. They're real football team here. He's constantly putting them behind the eight ball. He's constantly, you know, you know, they're, they're in, uh, behind all the time because he's putting them in such awful spots here. And I don't want that kind of quarterback on my real life fantasy team, your quarterback, your wide receiver, your running back. These guys are here to help you. They're here to score points, to put your, your team in the best possible chance to win. And he's just not doing that. I, it's time for, for Jalen Hurts here. And uh, I, I'm not thinking twice about it. You'd think now with, with all of the receiving options that, that are starting to get back. So we, we've got Goddard back in the line. Ray goes back. Um, obviously, Travis Fulgham came into fruition, but he's seemingly um, dropped off a little bit. And Alshon Jeffrey, although he, he's not done anything since he's come back, he's back now. So No, he's a corpse. You'd, you'd think that with this this Matt Sanders there in the backfield, that they'd be able to, to get something going. But if you, if you can't succeed in that environment, then... Um, he's he's completely hindering this entire team on, uh, you know, uh, you know, they say a defense helps the offense and vice versa here. He's doing literally nothing to help this franchise right now. Miles Sanders is not getting anything done. Uh, Travis Fulgham, as you said, what just burst onto the scene, a nice little, uh, you know, feel good story. I think he's in his mid twenties and he's finally having success as a wide receiver here. Jalen Rieger, he, he's hindering uh, these kids development by how he's playing here. So uh, for me, I don't have a dog in this fight or a dog in this race. I could care less about the Philadelphia Eagles, but as an outsider looking in, He's, he's literally destroying this organization and all the, the young talent around him. I think if one stat speaks volume about this game, it is Travis Fulgham, one reception, eight yards off seven targets. It's all right, Philadelphia fans, because you know who's coming back next week. They've re-signed Jordan Howard. It's all good. <laughs> he's coming back. <laughs> oh, they're going to uh, bring Shady McCoy back as well to complete the crew and solve that. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you might as well. You're, you're you can't. Wentz isn't doing anything special. Might as well throw yeah, throw a party with these guys. Alshon Jeffrey, who is like he's like 25, but he's got the body and the legs of a of an 80 year old man. The guy can't stay on the field. And then bring back Shady McCoy. Those were simpler times in Philadelphia when Shady McCoy was doing his thing. Yeah, that that was that was a football team. They've already got Deshaun Jackson, so you know. Yeah, and nothing but love for Deshaun on this podcast. Uh, Absolutely. If you're listening to Sean's mum. <laughs> Rob, take it away. Um, uh, what are we doing? Disappointments. Um, 
Okay, I've got two. I don't know whether we have an honourable mention, but I'll get mine out of the way. Um, Juju, four receptions, 19 yards, man. That sucks. I know he went off with a toe injury. Did you see what he did? He, 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 caught, <laughs> he caught his toe on the on the mark. Oh, my word. Whatever. On the, on the ref's flag, yeah. Yeah, on the ref's flag. Yeah, fantastic. Well done, Juju. Uh, four receptions for 19 yards. Doesn't matter. It's still crap. Um, and I will say, though, the, the biggest disappointment for me is probably Todd Gurley. Um, he's been really good this year pretty good um i remember talking to to a league mate of mine in one of my leagues and he said he was surprised actually um how good Todd Gurley is on a week-to-week basis just he's just consistent consistently getting his points but he had a stinker this week uh, uh 26 yards rushing one reception for three yards um yeah 3.4 fantasy points <laughs> no good no good indeed and he's been a tradeaway candidate of mine all season because uh, it's been coming. You cannot have that little yards per carry in the twos consistently, be touchdown dependent, and um, as soon as you not get your touchdown, it's, uh, it's not yeah. good. So start. he's been all right for fantasy. Um, he's been ticking along, but he's not done anything special. He's not had any massive weeks particularly, and he's just. Um, but yeah, like you said, if he doesn't get a touchdown, if it, you know that that game, I, I believe. All nine points were from from the the young kicker, weren't they? Uh, young Kwaku. Young Kwaku. Yeah. Uh, you said yeah. Yeah, tip of the cap to you, David. You you were all over Ku on the last podcast. I remember you saying um, he's a great great kicker. So yeah, um, it just didn't happen for Gurley. Bless him. No. Bless him. Did you say bless him? Didn't did. happen for Gurley. Bless I him. Did. Or... I did. I, I need to start working that in my repertoire. I actually like that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> My bust, we've already mentioned it, but Jake Luton, the quarterback wah, in Jacksonville. Wah. And we were not expecting anything in this game from him. No. It was it was come it was the one and eight Jags going up against the, the nine and oh Steelers. We weren't expecting big things out of him. But two fantasy points. Two. Like I, I he got minus he got minus point seven yeah. in the league that I started him. Yeah, so he was depend- minus two six seven in my uh, fourteen team dynasty. So depending on how many um, point minus points the, the the interceptions get, he had four of them. So some leagues they count as four, <laughs> so it would have been even worse than that. So uh, different leagues will have different scoring, but the, the pretty standard scoring is is the minus two. So he, yeah, you have two um, two points. That's the word I'm uh, looking for there. Bring back Gardner Minshew. Like <laughs> we, we we cannot go through that. The poor poor lad against the, the Pittsburgh. He uh, was outscored by if you'd have said this to me at the start of the week that Jake Luton was outscored by Ryan Finley and Ryan Fitzpatrick this week, I would have I would have laughed in your face. I just think didn't think it'd be possible. And obviously uh, <laughs> Finley came in due to due to injury, but um and two were two went out for Fitzpatrick because of, of uh benching. But just for context, Jacoby Brissett got 0.9 points. That's only 1.1 yeah. points away. Wow. Jalen Hurts got 0.6. And the Tennessee Tennessee quarterback that, that scored some fantasy points this weekend, Logan Woodside, got 0.2 oh, well done, Logan. points. So, well done. so the, yeah. The most ironic thing was uh, in the league that I just said that he got minus, it was more, I just looked, it was minus two points he got in, in the league. The I, the most ironic thing is I that league is on MFL. And I if you know me, I hate MFL. I hate it. I think it's the worst outlet for fantasy. Anyway, I was on the waiver wire on Saturday morning. 
um, needed to pick up a quarterback because I had Teddy Bridgewater and I've got Gardner Minshew. He's obviously not playing. So I sat there and I picked up and for some reason I had a mind fart. Uh, I picked up Nick Mullen because I, I, I just thought, oh, yeah, he's in for, uh, for the 49ers without thinking that the 49ers had a bye this week. So I then went to drop him for uh, Jake Luton. And the message on MFL come up, you can't drop Nick Mullen because you have to have him on your team for two days before you drop him. Oh. I'm like, are you kidding me? What what kind of a setup is this? Um, so, yeah, screw MFL. Anyway, I spoke to the commissioner. Um, and God bless him, he changed it for me. Um, and I wish he hadn't. I wish I'd have stuck with Nick Mullen because I'd have got more points. <laughs> <laughs> teary, teary me. Hmm. The Ironic. Sometimes. <laughs> okay, so that is week 11 in the books. And now we turn our attentions to the waiver wire, week 12 and beyond. So, Chris, who is your top waiver candidate for week, well, this, this week, this, this Wednesday? Well, real quick, I don't know if you guys saw this, but uh, J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram are out for week Thursday. They both tested positive. Oh, you mentioned that at the beginning of the broadcast. So uh, Gus Edwards shoots up to the top of my waiver wire additions this week. I'm, you're looking at probably 10, uh, 10 no, excuse me, 15 plus uh, targets and touches for, for him in this one. But the one thing I want to say, it's more of a PSA, a public service announcement Heading into week 12, we're right on the verge of our fantasy football playoffs. Uh, Love it or hate it, now is the time to start grabbing handcuffs to your running back studs on your team. So personally, I think Tony Pollard is is my top waiver wire addition this week to help back up or handcuff Zeke Pollard, uh, or excuse me, Zeke Pollard, Zeke Elliott here. (laughs) I kind of converged him into one player which would kind of be a fantastic football player. But Zeke Elliott finally had over 100 yards. He found the end zone again, both uh, having done that, having not done that since Dak Prescott went down. So that was a nice sign. But Tony Pollard even found the end zone this week on, I believe, 66 uh, total total yards in this one. So go out and add Tony Pollard. And uh, even more so, go out and look for, for your handcuffs, kind of like a Carlos Hyde uh, in Seattle, just in case Chris Carson is out. So uh, grab your handcuffs, guys. Grab your handcuffs indeed. Rob, who have you got on the waivers? Uh, you go first, buddy, because I've got a whole list. <laughs> uh, Corey oh, Davis. Yeah. So Corey Davis, the wide receiver out in Tennessee. He is bordering it on the the, the line where we'd, we'd say he, he shouldn't qualify for this. It's about 40 47%. But the, the dude's he, 16.3 PPR points, wide receiver 18 in the week just gone. And again, he's someone who is overshadowed by the other wide receiver on his team. So AJ Brown, of course, is the wide receiver one in that Tennessee offense. Uh, that touchdown that he scored this weekend where he just dragged the Baltimore defenders into the into the end zone. It's, it's just that awesome. tenacity to get in awesome. there. Fantastic play for, from AJ Brown, but it does completely overshadow Corey Davis. So Corey Davis, he, he has missed two games this season, but he's had double digit fantasy points in every single week bar the week nine matchup against Chicago. Admittedly, he did get a goose egg in that game, but yeah, double digit fantasy points. And that's that's rare. That kind of consistency is rare. He doesn't mm-hmm. ever set the world on light. He's, he's never going to score you your 30 points, but he's just that consistent player who is going to just be that lovely floor so that you can pair him with your with your players that are, are going to be more boom or bust, like your, I was going to say MBS then, but I wouldn't want an MBS Corey Davis um, um, pairing. Uh, I, I don't know. Tyreek Hill, someone who's going to really 
explode one week and then perhaps have a quiet week the next. Even though oh. Seaman, I'm really digging myself a hole. There. He's, <laughs> he's he's been great the last few weeks. Let me, uh, let me take let me take a shovel off you. Boom or bust wide receiver one. I I own Corey Davis in about. 10 out of 12 leagues and I've not been disappointed this season. He's been fantastic. So yeah, absolutely. He was on my list. Uh, let me just rattle off a few other names that I've got here. Um, wide receiver number one, wide receiver one in Indianapolis, um, Michael Pittman, the rookie. He's been absolutely fantastic since coming back from his injury, 26% owned. Go grab him because he's going to be instrumental for Indy going forward. Um, he's got a rapport with with Pitt Rivers now and and he's he's looking set to to be to take over from, from TY. Um, Dallas Goddard, we mentioned him at the top of the show. Thanks, James. Uh, he's still only got an ownership of 60%, so he's still available uh, in, in a lot of leagues. So go pick him up because uh, I think he's going to um, have a good end to the season. Uh, Tim Patrick, 14% owned. He is being used in, in uh, Denver. Um, so if you're short, if you're devoid of wide receivers heading into this fantasy playoffs, uh, then go pick him up. You, you'll do worse. Uh, Derek Carr, 38% owned. Slowly plodding along as a wide receiver. I think as a wide receiver, as a quarterback uh, two, I think, he's, I think he's quarterback 14 on the season, if my memory serves me correctly. Uh, but he's having some good games. He's, you know, he's get the right matchup for him and, and he, he, you could do worse. Um, just off the top of my head as well, Denzel Mims, uh, the wide receiver from uh, the New York Jets. Not a flashy player, uh, starting to get a bit more reps in the. Now he's back from an injury. I know it's the Jets. I know they suck. They will always suck. But I think, if my memory serves me correctly, he's got a pretty good run in on paper, uh, and he's starting to to pick up some speed there. So it could be of use for fantasy, uh, for your fantasy teams, um, and. Uh, there was one more obscure player that I had marked down for a good playoff run, but I'll sell it next week because we're still a few weeks away from the playoffs yet. So, Wonderful stuff. Indeed, plenty of waiver options this week. Hype Train will be released some, some, some way. Uh, obviously, James is in uh, the engine in shed labor. at the moment. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, uh, <laughs> he's undergoing maintenance on... In the engine, uh, railway puns, railway puns, railway puns. <laughs> James, James isn't doing it this week. Someone else is doing it, <laughs> but it will still be released. So we head into the trade market. Chris, who are you trading for? Who are you trading away? If this... if if leagues have still got the trading options open, yeah. because a lot of leagues are closed now. Yeah, uh, for the most part, I believe my uh, in my really my fourteen team PPR IDP dynasty. The trade deadline is in two days. It's on the twenty fifth here, so uh, there's still time. Uh, I, there, this was a great question. I could have filled up a notebook full of uh, guys I'd want to trade for and then trade uh, away when we get to it, and just filled it with stats and everything. I like the idea of going out and grabbing Cincinnati Bengals wide receiver Tyler Boyd. Now this guy's been you know steady Eddie even yesterday nine receptions. 85 yards. He's averaging about, uh, I believe 10 or 11 yards uh, per reception. And I feel like people are going to now start to panic because Joe Burrow's out, right? So that kills his, his uh, value kills T Higgins value who you could probably go out and get to. But Tyler Boyd to me is a guy who you can probably go out and acquire uh, lower than to be expected. Let's say Joe Burrow played a full game. You know, Joe Burrow is just cruising into week 12 here. You know, people probably aren't more 
you know, they don't want to get rid of Tyler Boyd, but now you can, and it's perfect for, for a deep playoff run. He's kind of a set it and forget it wide receiver. And if you know me, uh, you know well enough that I love those set it and forget it kind of wide receivers here. So uh, go out and try to acquire Tyler Boyd. And one other running back I want to mention is rookie running back for the Washington football team, Antonio Gibson. Nobody's it's still, nobody's talking about him. He had 16 carries yesterday, 94 yards, another touchdown. And nobody's even talking about him because I'd like to think because he plays for Washington, you got guys like Gibson, Taylor, uh, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire. There's other rookies like that that seem to be flashier than Antonio Gibson. And Antonio Gibson's been doing nothing but getting it done on, I guess, a, a crappy football team. So go out and grab Antonio Gibson. Again, makes for a nice little RB2 uh, for a playoff run or even a flex spot if you have one or two or multiple flex spots on your team. You can put Antonio Gibson in your lineup and no, he's going to get you 15 carries, 16, 70 yards, a reception or two for, for 10 or 20 yards here. And more than likely, kid's going to score week in and week out. So go grab uh, Antonio Gibson and Tyler Boyd. Who are you trading away then? Uh, I'm going to trade away a guy like Joe Mixon. You know, I, I touched on uh, – I'm all over the Cincinnati-Washington game uh, from yesterday. But Joe Mixon's on the IR. Uh, I know that's a, that's a crappy move, right, because he's on the IR, hasn't played four games prior to that. His value is at an all-time low. But uh, I get in the – the way I play fantasy football, it's like, you know, any guy that gives me a headache, kind of like Elshon Jeffrey, as we mentioned, or Amari Cooper – these guys are constantly have a questionable tag or are they in, are they out kind of thing? I'd rather just be rid of them, get rid of the headache here. So I'm going to look to sell uh, Joe Mixon for seriously half the price pennies on the dollar. I know it, it's, it's a tough pill to swallow here, but get, get a wide receiver back or anybody you can, you know, to put on your team for a playoff round. Curtis Samuel in Carolina, I want to get rid of. Now you might be shocked by that one because Carolina's finally looks like they figured out how to use this guy. He's kind of a, you know, been a Swiss army knife, a very good gadget guy here, but the wheels are going to fall off that bus very soon. And, and he's, I hit his value. Curtis Samuel's value is probably the highest it's ever been in the, in the length of his career here. So get rid of Curtis Samuel. If you can, uh, I want to get rid of Michael Thomas too. I'm not so, happy let's say about Taysom Hill being the quarterback full-time or even if Jameis Winston comes in uh Michael Thomas strikes me as a creature of habit he does very well you know with you know a one set quarterback that he can get time in and work with and hang out with I just made that up but it sounds good so get rid of <laughs> Michael Thomas a, a guy that was you know uh, a consensus top five overall draft pick, you know, this, this season and even last season. So trade off Michael Thomas. Now I'd like to think you could get an RB one back with ease for Michael Thomas. And I'd be cool with that. Instead of guessing week in and week out is Taysom Hill going to be the quarterback. Is he only going to throw for 200 yards? Is he going to vulture all the, all the touchdowns here, seeing how he, he ran for two touchdowns yesterday. So I'm going to, you know, maximize what I have in Michael Thomas and I'm going to get rid of him here. And as I, I went on that long rant as Rob's uh, yawning down there. Sorry. Uh, I'm going to get rid of, I'm going to get rid of all Philadelphia Eagles, Miles Sanders and Travis Fulgham. I'm getting rid of these guys and, you know, to sure up my, my roster for a, a playoff push and or a deep playoff run here. Carson Wentz at quarterback there is uh, it's shockingly bad. And I don't want any uh, offensive skill positions tied to a, to a guy like him.
No, indeed. And it is it is 20 to 11 here, Chris. So uh, it, yeah. it's, it's not the trade talk. The trade talk was very engaging. It is uh, it is very late at I night. I but, saw an opportunity for a cheap joke or for a cheap laugh. <laughs> when I took it. Well, I was up late watching my Indianapolis Colts destroy the Packers in overtime last night. So that didn't finish until like 1am. Um, I'm also doing my civic duty as a British person doing anyway uh so yeah i have busy days at the minute anyway um chris wrapped up nicely the trade away so i won't touch them i will mention my trade fours because like i said i did some research on on players to get for the playoffs so if you are still in your trade windows certain players you need to trade for tom brady number one he's got a really good run in for the quarterbacks um if you can get Derek Henry, I think it's pretty much impossible because you're going to have to pay through the nose, but he's got the best um, oh. schedule for a running back. Um, but if you can't pay for him, then uh, Jonathan Taylor, he had a really good game last night. He looked much better um, as, as a running back. 22 carries, 90-odd yards. Um, he is one player that I'd be keen to get. And if you can't get him, Naeem Hines. Naeem! Because... It's awesome. Um, India have got a good uh, run in for running backs. Wide receivers go hand in hand with Tom Brady. Chris Godwin, um, he's got a good run in. Um, Tyler Boyd's already been mentioned. He's got a good run in. Uh, Denzel Mims, I already mentioned because they're running. If not, um, uh, Jameson Crowder, because obviously he's the PPR guy there. Um, tight end. Um, Hashtag always Schultz. He's got a really good run in at the tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, so he- He'd be someone I'd be targeting there, and um, I will leave it there. Well summarised, and for the trade for, I am going to go for Brendan Ayuk. So he has been on bye this week. He's currently on the the COVID IR list. Uh, He has seen double-digit targets in both of his last two outings, and he's seemingly the only receiving option there in San Francisco at the moment. So whoever is throwing Ayuk the ball, he's that kind of yards-after-catch guy. He's he's going to make something happen in open space. So we're not necessarily reliant on the, the best quarterback in the world, because we can we can have the, the short passing game that, that Ayuk is gonna is gonna take off. But yeah, 14 targets um, last time out against New Orleans, 10 the time before against Seattle. He missed the game against Green Bay, Green Bay in between. Uh, but Brandon Ayuk will make something happen with the ball in his hands. So go and get him. And with uh, playoff matchups against the Cowboys and the Cardinals, it could be a lot worse for him as well. And I am getting rid of Adam Thielen. His, his price is never going to be as high as it is, is today. So uh, obviously 32 points in the week just gone, 20 points the week before. But if we look back at the two weeks before that, 5.7 and 5.8, uh, go back to week two, 6.1. It's just not consistent enough for me. So he's going to have weeks where he he does massively let you down and the, we can't rely on him getting two touchdowns every week. The dude is, how old is he? He's 30, so he's not too bad, but it's going to be Justin Jefferson. So particularly in, in Dynasty Leagues, get rid of Adam Thielen because Justin Jefferson is going to really take over the target share in that, that offense next year. And Thielen will, will take the, the wide receiver two role there. So I just don't think his value is going to be higher than it is today ever again. So that's a, a reason to get rid of. Is he sleeping down there? Uh, Rob, are you sleeping? No, <laughs> I didn't well, want to wake you. <laughs> anyway, it would be a miss of us. We always talk about Thursday night football, but it is bumper edition. And of course, Chris, Thanksgiving, you've already mentioned it in Detroit is a massive thing there. So do you want to talk yes. about the Detroit game this coming Thursday? 
Yeah, absolutely. And uh, if I may say so, uh, real quick here, I have a, a special edition bottom of the barrel, which will be published uh, on Tuesday night or, or Wednesday morning here talking about just the slate of Thursday night games. Nobody gets more excited and more uh, hyper about Thanksgiving Day games than we do here in Detroit. And uh, Detroit is at home again, per usual, every Thanksgiving. Uh, Houston comes to town and it's going to be, I firmly believe it's going to be all bad here. Having not scored a point uh, Sunday against Carolina, uh, I, I, it'd be hard pressed for me to say that the Lions can beat Houston with the likes of Deshaun Watson. Will Fuller, the fifth, has finally been able to stay healthy here. Uh, Duke Johnson is their running back, and he's, you know, he's their guy now, unless uh, David Johnson is able to come back this week. I'm not 100% sure. I think I thought no, he's, he was, he's on IR. He's on IR. Okay. So, you know, again, all, all, signs point to the Lions winning uh, a beatable matchup here at home but I, I again I think they will uh, if I may say piss it away here <laughs> Matthew Stafford has just not looked good so far this season the only plus here uh, DeAndre Swift which should and most likely be back in the lineup Kenny G will be back in the lineup so on paper the Lions should be firing on all cylinders here but it, more times than not, you know, they, they get set up in a nice matchup here and they just, you know, do nothing. So the over under in this one is 51. So it's the highest uh, point implied total of the, of the Thursday ga day game. So, you know, I, I'm looking at a 31 to, to 24 final or a 28 to 24 uh, total here. So the, there'll be plenty of points to go around the, when this one, and as they say, you know, start your studs here. So Watson Swift, uh, uh, Kenny G, TJ Hawkinson are all plays for me. Uh, I think I would stay away from uh, a guy like Kiki Cootie, but why, you probably stay away from him anyways. And as you said, at the opening of the show, Randall Cobb uh, tweaked a leg or an ankle or a knee here. So uh, I'm going to stay away from all Houston wide receivers aside from uh, Will Fuller. A guy I really do like uh, for the Houston side of things is their tight end, Jordan Atkins. Him and Watson have, you know, uh, they form some sort of, of bond here. And there there's, you know, they, there's a lot of action going on between them on the football field here. So uh, that's really all I have. Look for Houston to win. Uh, not big, but uh, by three points uh, minimum here in this one. And Rob, do you want to take the division race or would you like to take the foregone conclusion? Oh. Ooh, the four, I'll let you have the foregone conclusion <laughs> if you're if you're spitting that out. Um, first of all, I'm gonna uh, yeah, I'm gonna go for Detroit Beastie over there. Come on, man, get behind your team. I think the Lions are gonna win. I do. I think the Lions are gonna have the Texans. The Texans are not a good football team. If you don't win, <laughs> if you don't win, if you don't win against the Texans, there are bad times ahead. But I think you've got enough um, at home to win that game, man. Um, should be fine. Uh, okay, Washington, Dallas. Um, Oh, this is a rough game, isn't it? Um, let's be honest. No one really wants to watch this division, do they? Um, uh, let's start Antonio Gibson because, as Chris said already, he's 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 great. Uh, he's had a really good season. JD McKissick, as as I've said already, is the second highest um, uh, receiving guy um, running back. Sorry, it's getting late. I'm waffling. Um, wide receiver wise. Um, I'll be honest, I haven't really sat down and, and watched and, and taken a, down this Cowboys wide receiver core um, since the quarterback changes. I know that, um, who's the rookie's name, please? 
CD Lamb. CD Lamb had a fantastic oh. catch this weekend. How epic was that? I mean, that is some serious skill right there. Um, so he, he's probably playable. Amari Cooper, I, I, he blows hot and cold, doesn't he? So I, I don't know if you're starting him or not. Would you start him, Dave? No. No. Washington have been good against the pass this year as well. So they've got a good defense, sneaky good defense. Um, yeah. but Dalton Schultz will start again. Like I said at the earlier, I, I, I like his running from now. Um, so Dalton Schultz, if you're screaming need for tight end, um, but quarterback, some staying away from. Um, and obviously you're starting Zeke. Exactly. And I said it was a foregone conclusion. <laughs> the Steelers will win, but it will the, the Ravens will put up a fight. So obviously, this is an AFC North. If it's a nasty matchup, this one, um, two teams that they hate each other with a history going a long way back. But with it being at Heinz Field, with with Ben playing the way that they are at the moment, um, I, I just can't see the, the Steelers giving this one up. I think they'll have prepared for this one with the, the easier games that they've had. Obviously, the Cowboys took it to them a couple of weeks ago. The Jaguars they wouldn't have done too much game prep for that one. So I think they would have been concentrating their efforts on this game against the Ravens this week. So uh, Lamar Jackson is a start in this one. But then who's he throwing the ball to? Mark Andrews it is the toughest matchup for a tight end this one. Uh, obviously, we've, we've mentioned Marquise Brown earlier on in the show about how disappointing he's been. We're not starting Des Bryant. Let's not make that a thing in 2020, please. <laughs> um, no, you're right. But obviously, J.K. Dobbins, uh, Mark Ingram out of this one. So... We're going to lean on Gus Edwards. It's 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 not a sexy pick, but it's he's somebody who has who has carried the rock multiple times for this one. Uh, Justice Hill maybe will will we'll take that running back two role there in in Baltimore. But on the Steelers side of the ball, we're starting Ben. We are starting Deontay Johnson. We are starting Chase Claypool, James Connor. I'm 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 sitting him because. Baltimore is good against the run and, and Derek Henry, the only reason that he had success against them is because it's Derek Henry. And if we're going to be giving goal line touches to, to Benny Snell, then, then James Conner, I'm sorry, I am out on this oh. one. I think both defences in this one could be, could be sneaky starts because the Ravens love a turnover, the Steelers love a sack. So I think that little combination there will see defensive points and both kickers in this one as well, even though it is at Heinz Field, which is notorious for the kickers, Justin Tucker, best kicker in the league and um, Boswell yeah. as well for the Steelers, a decent kicking option there. But three great games. I think they will all be close and I am really, really looking to Thanksgiving because it means we get football from 5.30pm on a Thursday. We do not have to wait until 1.20 for our first football so Thanksgiving cannot wait. Chris, thank you very much for joining us once again. It has been an absolute pleasure. Tell everybody where we can find you, your work, and obviously you've just broken to the world uh, uh, an exclusive for the Full Tonyas family that we've got a, uh, a Thanksgiving bottom of the barrel special. We absolutely do, and thank you for giving me the opportunity to share that. Uh, breaking news the first broadcast i've shared that here so you can find me on twitter at detroit beastie uh most of my content is at dfs cheat sheet and look for bottom of the barrel week 12 bottom of the barrel uh tomorrow more so tuesday tuesday the 24th uh for those of you that are listening to this late in the bottom of the barrel special edition thursday american thanksgiving uh, article will be let me look at the date real quick it'll be on wednesday the 25th sometime so thanks for letting me share that and thank you to everybody that continues to support me and uh, my bottom of the barrel it's uh it's been fantastic so far this season so thank you dave and uh thank you rob rob 
where can we find you on twitter yeah, no problem, Chris. It's been a pleasure as always to have you on. Uh, find me on Twitter at F10. No, you, that's, that's not my handle. It's so late here. Find me on Twitter at FFBritballer. Uh, I was going to say, show, find the college podcast at Full 10 Yards CFB. Done. <laughs> Rob can't finally sleep. So, yeah, thank you, Chris. Thank you, Rob. I have been David. You can find me on Twitter at dav underscore f10y. As Rob said, head over to www.fulltenyards.com where you can find our fantasy college, NFL, betting, Britball content, even when there's a Britball season. So, make sure you check us out. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you on Friday. been listening to the full 10 yards fantasy podcast you can find us on twitter at f10y fantasy and over on our website www.full10yards.com where we cater to all of your american football needs from nfl general fantasy football college football and even brit ball thanks for listening and remember folks keep those eyes peeled